Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited today to have our guest, Adam Shibley, with us. He is the founder and podcast host of The Million Pound Mission, which is hilarious because we were just talking about the fact that he has so many people in England that listen because they think it's million pounds of money. But it's yep. actually about weight loss and transformation, which is exactly what this podcast is about. So, Adam, welcome to the show. Jim, thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. It's always exciting to share a platform with another podcaster like yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And of course, I was on your show. So we'll put that link here too, you know, so that we can cross pollinate this. You can all listen to what I had to say on his show. We had so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Oh, yeah. I like our vibe. We have, this is going to be a high energy episode, just so you guys know right up front. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have lots of fun with this. Okay, so let's get started right away. Now, as you know, this podcast is called Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. And you have a, glass, a major glass ceiling that you broke through that you want to share and I want to share with my listeners as well. So tell us about you before this, blight, this uh, glass ceiling that you broke through. Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, honestly, I feel like I've broken through a skyscraper of glass ceilings. <laughs> like, so many, yeah. So over a decade ago, just to kind of paint the picture, I was 327 pounds. I was, I had a ton of credit card debt, like $40,000 plus of just credit card debt. Dumb things were happening in my life. I wasn't happy with the path, with relationships, with my career, with my friendships. I was just kind of feeling lost. And I ran into just that bottom of the barrel moment. I remember I was standing in a grocery store with, with my credit card, getting to pay for this food. I'm like, oh, I hope I have enough room on this card. And just feeling like at that rock bottom moment that so many people have been at. Yeah. But once we hit that, that's usually there's room for growth there. And that's uh, when things started to kind of turn, the tide turned a little bit for me. So you're standing in, I mean, what was going through your mind? I mean, other than you're standing in the grocery store and you're going, you know, I hope this card works. And I imagine that happened several times, but why this time? What was the catalyst that created this particular tipping point of enough is enough? Well, it's interesting that you asked that, Jen. At that point in time, I just felt like I wasn't in control of my life. I wasn't in control of my destiny. And there, I felt like there wasn't anything I could do about it. I felt like I was trying at life, but nothing was really working out my way. And when I went home that day, the thing that kind of tripped or flipped the switch for me, my friend had let me borrow a DVD called The Secret, The Law of Attraction. Yep. 
Uh-huh. And this was, I, honestly, this was the second time that it had been sent my direction. The first time I pretended to watch it, said it was great and sent it back. I'm like, I don't need any of this. And then it came back to me through a different friend, had been collecting dust in the DVD player. And for some reason, I was like, I'll just give this thing a shot. I don't know what it's about. They're, my friends are all fired up about it. And that was my first ever dose of personal growth material. I had never invested in myself that way. So we're talking, you know, mid 20s. And yeah. I just had never, like, I'd been through school. Yeah, I'd never yeah. been through school and I'd studied, but I never invested in me like that. And it just lit me up like a Christmas tree. And I was like, wow, for the first time in a long time, I felt like I actually could do something to change. And I just decided for things to change, I needed to start changing. I needed to own my situation and take personal responsibility more than I ever had before. And then I started moving forward with that. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So what was the first step you took? I mean, because, you know, for those of us, and we'll put the link for the secret as well, but for those of us that have read it, what particular part of the book was it that pushed you to say something that you're going to tell us? Because there were a couple things that you needed to address, right? It wasn't just your podcast, right? Of the million pound mission, but it was also a financial transformation that happened too. So, So what specifically in the book you know, made you say, that's it right there. This is the first time I'd been introduced to affirmations. And that really was something unique that it just vibed with me. I'm like, if I could just set up my mind, because I had competed in athletics at a high level when I was younger. And I was like, okay, I get the mindset thing. Right. So if I can just set up my mind in a certain way in the morning and in the evening, the stuff that happens between those two bookends might be a little bit better. So that's what I really took away from the secret. So what I did was, I did a process that I now teach people that I coach that I call my lifestyle rehabilitation statement. So it's, it's an affirmation, but there's a lot of accountability with it yeah. uh, where I basically mapped out what I wanted to achieve over the next five years of my life. And I wrote it out in present tense as if it had already happened in affirmation style. And then I set a deadline, five years. It was July 12, 2007, went to July 12, 2012. And I just mapped out, I placed my order with the universe and I decided that here's how I want to look. Here's how I want to feel. Here are the relationships I have. Here's how my business is unfolding. This is how my financial freedom level, this is where that's at. And I just committed to myself, even back in the day when I was younger playing sports growing up, I've always been an implementer. I wasn't somebody that just waited around. I always, yeah. that's why I was feeling kind of frustrated because I felt right. like I was why, why am I waiting around? I don't understand yeah. this. Yeah, so, like me, yeah. Yeah. So my catchy phrase that I say now, you know, I was learning about the law of attraction, but I discovered that you can't spell attraction without action. So I needed to really combine those two things of doing the affirmation, then have accountability to move the needle in the right direction every single day over this five-year plan with these statements. So I did every morning, I would read the statement out loud as if it had already happened with energy, putting myself in that position. And that really opened me up for opportunity. It was like turning the the light switch on in the hallway and I could see which doors were open. At night, I would read it for accountability. And I would ask myself, did I move the needle in the right direction today? Did I do anything at all? And if I didn't, I would have to do something before I'd go to bed, whether it's a mini workout or review a blog or, you know, read a little bit, anything. I'd do something. (laughs) There there couldn't be any zero action days. That was the real key. So I did that. And over that five-year time span, I lost over a hundred pounds. People started asking me how I was doing it. I helped 15 other people in my hometown lose over a hundred pounds, which ended up becoming a business 
obviously I was very passionate about. I created a boot camp. I created a fitness facility. I helped my hometown lose 35,000 pounds in five years. And that's where we ramped up with the Million Pound Mission podcast, where now we're at 57,000 pounds donated from listeners that listen to the show. Got married, started a family, got out of all my debt, paid off my mortgage. Like all this stuff happened because of the mindset shift that I had back in 2007. And I achieved every single goal. I was actually seven days late on opening up my 8,000 square foot fitness facility that I had dreamed five years years before, but I missed it by seven days. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah, we still counted it as a win. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to... Yeah, I love that. You know, it's amazing how, and you bring up the point of, you know, being an athlete because I was and still am an athlete. And, you know, it's amazing how when you have to achieve something when we're kids like that, you know, teenagers and young adults, when we want to achieve something in the athletic realm, how we're so focused on being able to do that. And we know that I think in business, there's these five stages of growth, right? It's formulation, concentration, momentum, stability, and then the breakthrough, right? And we're really good at formulation and concentration because we say, oh, we have to work out every day. I have to run track every day. I have to run five miles every day. And if we could just apply what we did is, you know, any time that we can think about the past, at some point in time that you had a mission and a goal and the actions that you took to get to that goal, if we could just apply those as adults... It would be really, really powerful. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did, start applying it. And it really does start with going back to formulation. You know, so often we just want the magic pill to lose the weight and the magic pill to get healthy and the magic pill to have the relationship. You know, like eHarmony is going to do it. And I'm not saying anything bad about it. It's just, you know, like that. Oh, that's my magic pill. I'll just go on there and they're going to match me up and it'll all be good. I think we all just forgot that, you know, you have to go through the painful formulation and concentration stage to get to those other parts. And so I love what you said about the mindset, you know, around that. So any comments on what I just said? Well, yeah, one of my favorite authors and people to learn from is Gretchen Rubin. And she talks about within her four tendencies, she talks about a lot of people are frustrated with all sorts of areas of their life because they're like, well, Back when I was in high school, I got up for 5 a.m. and I did soccer practice every single day. How come I can't get up at 5 a.m. and work out as an adult with each tendency, each type? She has the four different tendencies and and the most regularly occurring one in uh, the human population is called an obliger, which means you don't do well with internal accountability, which means you can't like bring accountability up from yourself. You need someone else to put it on you. That's why soccer practice, you were good. Yeah. yeah, the coach was there. And then now you're out there as an adult trying to figure it out on your own and it's not so good. So understanding those types of concepts are big. And with me, I discovered that I'm good with internal accountability. Like I am somebody that if I, but I have to have a map, I have to have a plan or I'm lost. Yeah. Like I got to have that checklist and I can rock and roll with it. And that's what those affirmations were for me. Yeah, you know, and I use affirmations as well. So let's talk about those for just a moment, you know, on what kind of affirmations you're doing now and what people might, I think that when people hear affirmations, and, and this is not for everybody, I'm bringing the devil's advocate into it for someone going, ah, oh, those affirmations again, they're bringing out those affirmations. I think a lot of people think that's all these vision boarding and, you know, stickies all over your house. And, and it could be, it could be that, but maybe share how you do your affirmations today and what some of your affirmations sound like. Well, I think 
just some general rules that I have. I, I, people ask me, do you still do this? I'm like, yes, 100%. Every morning, every night, I still do it. It works. I'm not going to stop doing it. But with me, it is more about the accountability of like, what am I trying to accomplish? So that is the general vibe. Like, what is the direction that I'm trying to do? What are the GPS coordinates of where I'm trying to get to? And they have to be positive, 100%. I like them in, in present tense as if they've already happened. So right. I can kind of put myself in that place emotionally, especially somebody that was going on a, a fairly large weight loss journey. I really needed that. I needed to be able to close my eyes, envision how I was going to look, how I was going to feel, put myself in that place emotionally. That helped a lot. No negative words. So even though I was trying to get out of $40,000 of debt, I wouldn't put the word debt in my affirmation because I didn't want to just be repeating that over and over and over again. So right. I talk a lot about abundance, financial abundance. And that, so you have to word things in a way that vibes with. Yeah. And sometimes reverse engineer. I mean, some things, you know, I can't seem to make it to appointments on time. Okay. I'm just using that as an example. That's yeah. not me. I'm just saying, you know, some people say, I can't make it to appointments on time. Well, changing that affirmation into, I'm always early for appointments. Yeah. Yeah. You know, changing them. So one of the things that I did that I just want to share about this is that when you talk about affirmations or self-talk, right? Your own self-talk, what your mind is saying, is I actually recorded me doing my affirmations so that when I was driving down the road, I can listen to myself, talk to myself about my affirmations. Yeah. I know a lot of high performers that do this, Jen. Like, and it's weird that I haven't done this yet because I've had people have me record their, my, their affirmations because they like my voice. As like a voice artist, they have me read the affirmations that they want to hear. Right. And but I've done that for, my, for myself. But I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's my own self-talk. And then, you know, I'm always hearing... And when I think about it, I'm like, oh, that's what I said. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just, I wanted to share that with people as well. So obviously that was a big breakthrough for you. You know, it took several years to do. And I think that's important too, is that a lot of these breakthroughs that, you know, when they're big breakthroughs, we can't expect them to happen overnight. They're, it's a long game on that. And so, you know, I love that you just kept yourself motivated through that. Is there anything else that you do to continue to keep yourself motivated, you know, especially over a three or five year period? Well, heck for some people, even over a month, right? How do you keep yourself motivated aside from affirmations? Well, like let's give the, the weight loss journey examples. I know there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with yeah. the concept that I call the black hole of weight loss doom where you lose weight and then you gain it back over and over and over again, around and around you go. And there's a lot of time, money, effort, just emotion involved yeah. in you that. You know, I heard someone call it, we release weight because when you lose weight, you can find it again. Yep. Yep. You try to find it again. Yep. <laughs> yep. So release it. <laughs> so with last journey example, a lot of people are out there trying to hack it out alone. Like that's mm -hmm. something they'll say, well, I've lost the weight and gained it back five different times. I should be able to do this on my own by now. I know that's a phrase that's in a lot of people's heads or, you know, like I'm an adult. I shouldn't need anybody else's help. Like they're denying the need of anyone else's help, but it's right. just like, if you need help with your taxes, you go and get help with your taxes. If your roof is leaking, you go get somebody to, because it's our body. A lot of times we feel like we should be able to figure it out, you know? Yeah. And you a lot know of what it, to do, you just have to mindset. Well, and not even mindset. What is the other word that everyone uses that I just have to, I don't know. There's another word besides mindset. Cause I think a lot of people who are trying to lose weight, for example, I never heard my mother, she was fluffy as she called it, <laughs> like a marshmallow. She goes, I'm fluffy like a marshmallow. I'm like, okay, mom. 
but she would never walk around saying, I got to change my mindset. It was uh, willpower, right? Yeah. The willpower. Constantly yeah. talking about willpower. Yeah. And I believe in willpower. I believe that it's like a muscle. I, I see it with people with the weight loss journey all the time. Like people that struggle. So for example, people that struggle with nighttime eating, they're good. Uh, I see people, especially like it, that are like medical professionals where they have that room at work yeah. where all the people bring all the treats, the donuts and all the stuff. And they all have to pass through the room and all day long, they're like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. That's wearing down that willpower muscle. Mm -hmm. And then on the drive home, they hit the drive through because it's gone. They're hungry. They're tired. Walk in the door. They do the same thing. Yes. So I truly do believe in that. And there are things that we can do to keep our willpower high, you know, on that journey. And things like we talked about earlier, like having a coach, having a support system, having mentors, having a community. So, So many people are out there just trying to do it by themselves. We have to give in and find that, that source of accountability. And, whether we're trying to lose weight, trying to build a business, trying to just rekindle a, a relationship or whatever, mm-hmm. we're trying to transform and break through these glass ceilings that you talk about. I feel like accountability is a huge thing. And yeah. when I help people lose weight, I talk about forming accountability anchor points. Every area of their life, people feel like, oh, I've got a trainer. Okay, well, that's one anchor point. And let's say you're climbing a mountain. If you anchor in once and that anchor fails, you also fall to the bottom. And I see this happen to a lot of people. They're going along really, really well. They have their trainer or they have their boot camp or they have their online coach and then that goes away and then all their accountability goes away and they go back to where they started. All the old habits come right back in. I like to have people anchor in as often as they can in all the major areas where they spend time in life. So we're talking about home, you know, hopefully some sort of gym life, uh, business, you know, friendships, uh, circles, social groups, so maybe at work, you organize like a walking lunch Wednesday and you're accountable to that and all your friends know that you're going to be there, you know that they're going to be there and there's a healthy lunch brought in or whatever and that's every Wednesday. And then right. in the church group, there's you know something on Sundays that you do that's maybe y'all play basketball or something like that. And then the friendship circle once a month, maybe the first Friday of the month, instead of going out for wine, you go out and ride bikes. You know, but just forming these accountability anchor points that are healthy in all the different areas of your life that's huge for people because you start to feel that support network and it's all positive. And people sometimes, Jen, I'm sure you see this as well, is they run from the word accountability. They see oh, it as I, it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. They see it as judgment. And if you're in a, a positive environment, I, people will see like biggest loser type weight loss shows where they're yelling at them and it's like boot camp drill sergeant stuff. Yeah. And they assume that's how the accountability is going to be. And really, when I coach somebody, I'm going to hold you accountable. Like if you have a hundred pound weight loss goal, I'm not necessarily holding you accountable to that 100 pound weight loss goal. I'm holding you accountable to taking action that will be in line with that goal. That's going to get you there, but it's going to be support. It's going to be friendship. It's going to be mentorship. It's not drill sergeant shaming. Oh, you ate the ice cream. Shame. Ring the shame bell. Shame, shame. I'm I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Don't tell me that you've watched what we do in the shadows. I watch Game of Thrones. Oh, that, Game that's of Thrones. Oh, okay. That's the shame bell. Shame, shame. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shame, shame. Yeah, they get this. <laughs> that's hilarious. You definitely bring up a good point. You know, and I mean, even in my own situation, you know, I'm, I mean, I've always been thin. I've just always been thin. I'm fortunate. But I don't abuse eating either, you know. Yeah. And the older I get, the harder it is to maintain, I would say, because it's not a losing thing or, you know, or releasing. It's just a maintenance because my metabolism's changed, you know, and, and obviously, you know, you and I both sit and do a bunch of podcasts all day, 
right? Yeah. And so the sitting that goes on, and thankfully I'm a competitive ballroom and Latin and swing dancer, so I get that exercise. But going back to kettlebells, I was doing kettlebells for several years, like, you know, going and, and nice. um, lifting, you know, and doing all that. It felt fantastic. And then I had an injury, right, in my shoulder. I had a rotator cuff injury. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. I don't need to go there anymore because I've got kettlebells at the house. I can just use them. <laughs> they sit out on our porch. <laughs> I've had to pick them up to broom off the leaves that collected under them. You know what I mean? And put them right back down. <laughs> Not move them someplace where I can see them and stuff. So I love that you're saying that because you're right. We really need all of this in our lives to ensure. And, and I love your idea of bookends. I talk about bookends all the time, about affirmations. You know, I do savers, Hell Alrod's Miracle yeah. Morning. Yeah. I do savers in the morning and at night, I do something called three, two, one. What three things went right? What two things went wrong? And what one thing do I need to improve on? And that's how I sort of bookend my days. You know, I love that you're talking about this accountability. Yeah, it's crazy. We, in our house, it's the word. It was the word when the kids were in school you know, when they were in high school and middle school and college, and it is the word now. My daughter will call me and say, I go, how's your day going? She goes, accountability, mom. Accountability. <laughs> I go, really? You have someone who, she goes, I don't get it. They're adults, <laughs> right? So yeah, it is a big word. It is a big word yeah. for us. It's good, but I understand what you mean for other people. So I know that you have like a transformation timeline that you do as well. So talk to us about this transformation timeline because we're all, you know, we want it now. Yeah. We want it now. And if we don't get it now, it didn't, it failed. It was, we wasted money. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I really like to do is take some pressure off of everyone's shoulders with their transformation journey by just painting the picture through this transformation timeline concept. And I'm a namer of processes. Everything I do, I name it. And it's got weird names like the Black Hole Fitness Doom and you know transformation timeline. Hopefully that helps you guys remember. But the transformation timeline will basically paint a picture of every successful and not successful transformation that I've ever been a part of, that I've ever seen. I think you guys will be able to tell exactly where you're at, where you've been, and how to get to the next step. So it's three phases, simple, but not easy. The first phase is that black hole of weight loss doom. That's where, if you guys can imagine, for those that are listening, a circle of four interconnected arrows. The top arrow is we start a new program. The arrow to the right side of the circle is we get some initial results because it's something new, new stimulus. We get some new results. The arrow at the bottom is life happens. We're not ready for it. Job change, relationship change, injury, vacations, anything. And we're not ready for it. The last arrow connecting to the top again is crash and burn. We go right back where we started. And yeah. this is what people see as the weight loss journey. Like I lose it and, I, and then I find it. I lose it and then I find it. And someone and, dies. Yeah, someone dies. I lose my job. So I go back to smoking yeah. or I go back to eating or I go, you know, yeah. Anything. Okay. Yeah. And we're not ready for it. And the issue that I find, Jen, is that people focus too much on the top of that circle. The I started something new like, oh. CrossFit didn't work, so I will try Jazzercise. Oh, vegan didn't work. I'll try keto. I'll try Weight Watchers to search that out and say, okay, I call them transformation danger zones. What's that big pit in the road that you keep on riding your bike right into without building a bridge over first? Right. So what is that thing? We have to identify it. We have to analyze it. We have to plan ahead for it. So if it's spring break, then if you normally lose weight going to spring break, and then you go on spring break, you don't get back in your normal routine, you gain it all back. Okay. It doesn't matter what routine you do. That you're getting results from and then getting things back, you have to fix that danger zone 
or you'll always be in the same scenario. You'll always be in phase one, black hole of weight loss doom. So that's how you escape into phase two. So we start identifying those things and we can make progress moving forward. Yeah. So let me ask you about this. I mean, and I always just ask questions based on what my curiosity is, because I know that everyone who's listening is doing the same thing. Ask this, ask Adam that. (laughs) So, you know, I'm plant-based. You know, I'm a plant-based eater. I've always, you know, I've been one for many, many years. I love meat, by the way. It's not that I'm one of those, you know, can't eat eyeballs of something. But my husband had three heart attacks six years ago, and we're coming up onto the six-year anniversary in March. And, you know, for us, it was a decision to, you know, change the way we are inside, right? We both dance, we're both active, you know, that type of thing. And by the way, most people don't think dancing is working out. It is. I, I know it is. I do over 10,000 steps when I'm dancing, you know, at the studio. And so I'm like, ha ha, you try to do that. <laughs> right. But so, so I'm plant-based, you know, and I travel a lot, as you know, and, you know, speaking and everything, it is so hard to find plant-based food, you know, and I've I finally got a prime account and I have blueberries and all kinds of stuff delivered to me, but it is really, really hard. And I find that I go through this circle where I, everything's going great. And then I'm on the airline and they hand me Fritos. <laughs> and I go, yes, I want some Fritos because I didn't find an apple <laughs> someplace. Yeah. right? And so I have that. And I say, you know, it's okay. Because when I get back, I know I can get back into my normal routine. But are you saying that the fact that I even allow that to happen is a problem? Or is it that you're more focused on hey, life happens and you might have a boo-boo, just recognize to go back to it. So help yeah. me understand that. Am I screwing myself up by having that, those Fritos because that was all that's available? Or, I mean, what's, uh, what's going on there? Yeah, I get what you're saying. So let's paint the picture where two different scenarios could happen. Mm-hmm. If the Fritos are just a blip on the radar and you, you go right back to normal eating once you have access to normal eating, no yeah. problem. Okay. Not worried about that one bit. If you eat the Fritos and then you're like that, you know, wherever you're going, you're like, Ooh, let's that, get that sugar was and really then, good. Let me have, yeah. if it creates that, like that weekend bleed of this terrible eating, then that's an issue. Necessarily that one choice. It's right. more about, I work with a lot of accountants and they will lose weight all year long. And then tax season happens. They just check out. I don't oh hear God, from them. Think about all that. of it back. Oh my and, gosh. And so like, that is what I'm talking about with these danger yeah. zones that people or somebody is out there dating. Every time they start dating somebody new, they feel that social pressure to eat whatever they eat and they gain a bunch of weight back. Those, it's more like that, that it's not the moment little blips on the radar. It's the huge lingering issue that, that happens yeah. over and over again. And I've got a separate philosophy that I build into my clients' plans. I call the cheat bank, which where we have little cheat meals built in, like if you're traveling. <laughs> so it allows you to go off plan and you can bounce right back. It's a part of the plan. So that that's something that takes a lot of pressure off of people. So that's something that, you know, we can talk about and uh, get your Frito, Frito in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm so afraid to say it because I don't want to offend anybody, but I mean, it's just what I call it, but I call it Fat Friday because it was for me too. It's like, you know, eat all good, really, really good all week. And not now, but this was back then. Eat really well all week. And then I wanted to have a Snickers bar on Friday. I could. If I wanted yeah. to have an ice cream cone, I could, right? And this yep. is before I was plant-based, but it was just, you know, it gave me the opportunity to have some fun. And then I would go right back to doing what I'm doing. I guess the problem is when you have Fat Friday every day of the week, and then you try to not eat one day a week and you expect to lose weight. Yeah. So 
this is a perfect transition into the second phase of the transformation timeline because the second phase is where we uh, try to balance out our health and our lifestyle. Yeah. And that's where a lot of people will give up. They're like, if I can't go out and have wine three times a week and that's not allowed, what's the point? Right. Or I like to have pizza every once in a while. What does that mean? And like the questions that you're asking, and those are normal questions. They should be asked. So that's, I've kind of baked the second phase where people will come, they'll escape that black hole of weight loss doom. They start to solve some of those big life moments, but then they start to realize they're very uncomfortable because they are focusing a lot of time and effort on their health and they're not seeing their friends for wine night as much, or maybe they aren't right. you know, because as they much sleep. Right, because the power won't allow them to go. Yeah, yeah, or they're getting up and they're working out early or after work and they're not you know, getting as so much sleep or they're not seeing their family. They start to feel that lifestyle burn a little bit and, like, yeah. and they'll tell themselves, I can't handle this. Or they'll tell me as a coach, Adam, I can't handle this. I, I can't handle this pace forever. And I'm like, good. This tells us where we're supposed to be. I don't expect you to handle it forever. But right now we're rebalancing because before when we were gaining weight, we were way focused on those lifestyle points and not focused on our health. And wow. we can't just bring that immediately into perfect balance. You have to go out of balance in the other direction for a certain period of time. And then right. we just in this phase, in. we start to settle in. And one of the things that we, we already talked about is that cheat bank. I'll say, all right, but we own the meals that are off plan. And we say, all right, I go in 28 day cycles. I'll say, let's book four cheat meals and you own them. Maybe it's a date night, a birthday, a work thing or whatever. We track them, we eat them, we enjoy them. We do not beat ourselves up about them. And then we say, all right, we did four cheat meals and we lost five pounds. And if you're in a maintenance zone, like you are now, this could be a great little uh, strategy for you here, Jen. If you're kind of in that maintenance zone, track it every month, every 28 days, see the result. If you do 10 cheat meals and you still lose five pounds, you just discovered you can get away with 10 cheat meals per 28 day cycle. If you gain 10 pounds, you're like, oh, okay, better trim those back a little bit. Yeah, well, thank God. I'm not trying to lose or gain. <laughs> right. Trying to do either. I think for me, the cheat meals are, I have, you know, I'm having spaghetti and I had meat in the spaghetti, right? Yeah. That's a cheat meal for me yeah. because I would not normally have meat in it. Yeah. And we do that. We do a little cheating, but I have to tell you, my husband's one who, and he's not overweight or anything now <laughs> because he had the heart attack, Yeah, but he likes to cheat and then some cheat and have a little more dessert, cheat and have a glass of wine yeah. and then say, well, I didn't really cheat, you know, but he expands it. And so it's kind of interesting, but okay. So yeah. So being able to cheat is okay. Yeah. And um, that's uh, what you just described. Balance. Yeah. And that, well, it's about the, our magic word of the day, accountability. That's where tracking it in the cheat bank format, yeah. you can't get away with that. You know, you'd actually be tracking and being like, okay, I took six cheat meals and I maintained my weight. I know that I can handle that amount. So you just kind of have a sense of what you can and can't get away with. That's, yeah, that's important. I love, that. I love that measurement. I hope people are yeah. listening and really understanding <laughs> that too. Okay. So now we get to phase three. So what happens in phase three? In okay. Phase three is what I call new purpose, new identity. We've achieved our first big goal. We run out of real estate. We have no more weight to lose. And this, a lot of people, this is the worst place to crash and burn from because you've achieved the thing, but you Celebrate. lose, yeah, well, you lose who you are. You, yeah. I've helped 15 people from my hometown yeah. who's over hundred pounds. Not all of them kept it off because they ran out of real estate to sell. And then they didn't have that thing anymore that made them them, that, that yes. got them up out of bed. That was dry. They were the weight loss person. Their family and friends were all cheering them on. They were showing before and after pictures online. Maybe, you know, some of them got married. And then it was like, what am I pumped up about now? And whoosh, it just a landslide backwards. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to get out there and say, okay, what 
is the next thing that's going to fire me up. But also if you've been on a, a major weight loss journey, it may not fire you up as much as changing your life through a, a major weight loss journey, but it could be something like helping other people. Like that's what got me through. I started helping other people and created a business out of it. Mm-hmm. Mentorship, a community building. Other people get fired up about more challenging physical feats like marathons, mud, yeah, mud runs, you know, power lifting, whatever, kettlebells. And they set up a goal like, I want to be able to do a pull-up. I want to be able to do 20 push-ups in a row or whatever. And that is their new purpose, new identity. But they go through that cycle that you have to be thinking about those things when you're on a weight loss journey because eventually you run out of weight to lose. And we have to have that shift in mind. And it's very, very important to hit that. And if we can, that's where people really rock it and they uh, maintain results. So that's those are the three phases. I have a client that I coach and um, she's a twin. Her twin is thin. She's not. She's very overweight and she doesn't like it. She has to get like a double extender on the plane. And, you know, she might even have to get two seats. I don't know. I just don't know. But she's very, very large. And the thing for her is that she has this block that she lost weight once before and she didn't like the person she became. And so she's afraid to lose the weight again because she's afraid she's going to be that person that she became for whatever it was. But also in her business, she thinks that um, because she is more fluffy, that she's perceived as being less aggressive or assertive. And she thinks that that's how, that's the reason she gets business. And that if she loses weight, she won't get as much business. So tell us about that dichotomy of, oh my gosh, you know, where you want to do something because you know, it's healthy for you and you want to feel better and you want to wear high heels. You know, she's, I just want to wear high heels again. She's so afraid of that person that she thinks she's going to be and that she will lose business. Well, that, yeah. really sad. I, I see this. Sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went into fitness and, you know, health coaching and stuff, not knowing that I was going to turn into a psychologist, but like, that's <laughs> like, I do a lot of therapy talks and yeah. I'm not super qualified for that. I just, just spit honestly, to. you know, yeah. I just honestly speak to people and people in that situation, they get in their heads about it a lot. There's a lot wrapped up in just how they view themselves, you know, how, like even for example, like with me, body image issues. Like I've lost over a hundred pounds. I lucked out that I did it in my twenties and early thirties. So I don't have a bunch of loose skin or stretch marks, but along the way I had a few injuries and I've got, you know, I, I tore my pec and I've got like a half a chest thing going on and, and all that. And it's, it's like, I still am self-conscious about that. So we do, everybody gets in their head about it, but really what it comes down to in, in this situation, with, like with your, your friend is that if you're going to get it done, whether it's weight loss, whether it's business or whatever goal you have, if you're going to stack up two lines and one of them is the why and one of them is the why not, like the why stack has to be bigger. It has to be bigger than the combined force of all of the why nots. Yeah. So getting into high heels, that's not a big enough why. You know, fitting into certain clothes, not a big enough why. If she has this whole business thing in her mind that it's actually helping her. That's not helping her why at all. That's much on the why not side. And really, Dean Graziosi has a great little process called find your why seven levels deep. So you have to keep asking why so you want to lose weight. Well, why? And then, well, why to that? And we'll lie to that and find that emotional root where yeah. I guarantee this person has people that need her to be around for a yeah. while. Her daughter. I think she wants to play on the floor with her daughter. 
Yeah. And how about walk your daughter, you know, be there for your daughter's wedding and graduation and grandkids. And she, the health measurement I'm most psyched about that it has not been invented yet is to be able to tell people what they avoided health wise. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you lost a hundred pounds. You didn't have a heart attack and die at 40. Congrats. Right. Like that's the, the help. Go out there and invent it, Elon Musk. Let's get on this here. And so we can't imagine that, but that's really what we're doing. So if she drops 40 pounds, maybe she adds a decade to her life with her daughter. Yeah. Is that worth it or not? We've got to get out of our own head and get into reality yeah. and really think about like, so what if it helps your business, which it's not, by the way, I'll throw that accountability at you, but it's, you know, so what if it helps your business? What if it takes decades away from your daughter? Like, what are yeah. you working for? And you have to think in those terms, get out of our own head, quit thinking so emotionally, start thinking rationally and see what happens. Uh, you know, I think through confidence and having all that energy and being able to put in more work, uh, she'll definitely have better work results. She's just got to get that excuse yeah. out of her mind and give it a shot again. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I mean, it just made me think of her when you started saying, you know, that you become this other person and, you know, she's just saying, I didn't like the person I was. So now I'm not going to even try. No, I don't want to try because of that. So thank you for sharing that. And I, you know, the reason I asked, one of the other reasons I asked the question is I want people that are listening to really understand how you coach, right? So if this is resonating with them, they'll understand the method, you know, your mind mapping that you do for them to help them see things that they're not seeing. And that's one of the reasons why we all have mentors for a variety yeah. of reasons, you know. Transformation, I, or do you focus only on weight loss or do you do other transformational coaching? Well, I, with uh, my primary area of expertise is people on a weight loss journey, but really anybody on a health journey that feels like they trip up over certain scenarios, I kind of tell people I'm, I'm like a... Uh, a fitness portfolio manager, like where I, I help people with, <laughs> yes, you know, socks, you have some this. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I've got people that are doing every different style of nutrition right. from, right. from carnivore to vegan, right. uh, every style of fitness. And I just help them keep going along on their journey. Like that's the key thing, whether they're building muscle, running the marathon, losing weight, uh, people that want to get healthier. I like to help them form a plan, hold them accountable to that plan. And then we cross that finish line together. I'm a big cheerleader. I'm a, a ball of energy. And I tell people they can borrow some of that energy until they build up their own. And that's, that's really <laughs> where that. I'm focused. I love that. I love that. Well, and I think, you know, it's, again, I don't really want to see a picture of you then, but I imagine it's a major, major transformation, even in your eyes. You know, I, yeah. I find that that's a lot that happens. I mean, as a coach, you know, what I do, seeing a transformation in people's eyes tells me a big story. And yeah. so I imagine you had some very unhappy eyes at that time. Yeah. Just you the know? fact of going from feeling out of control to in control of your yeah. life. And, and it's undescribable if, if people haven't been there. It's uh, just a huge, huge deal. So yeah, feeling like I can actually do something to impact my life and now teaching other people how to do that. It's an honor to be able to, yeah. to spread that kind of energy to, to other people out there that are struggling. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Before we finish up today, I always ask everyone to give us a quote. It can be your quote, or it can be a quote of someone that inspires you. If you can think of something offhand that, uh, and maybe it's there in your affirmations every day. Yeah. <laughs> right? So an Adam quote that I like to kind of end conversations with when I present and when I, when I talk on the podcast, we've talked a lot about affirmations. We've talked a lot about personal growth, which 
people have that analogy of, of sharpening the sword or sharpening the axe, right? We have a very sharp axe. Well, this is the quote, Jen. A sharp axe does us no good if we never swing it. You can't spell attraction without action. So you have to get out and swing the axe every single day. We can't just sit and think about all the goals that we want. We have to go out and act in line with those. If we do that, anything's possible. I love that. Love that. Absolutely. And I wrote that down. Attraction without action doesn't happen. (laughs) Doesn't happen. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing this. I love your transformation. And I know that anybody who's listening, who is looking for weight loss transformation, you definitely can help. And you know, this is again, from success to significance, you know, life after breaking through glass ceilings, because sometimes it is that people are saying, you know, I can't move from where I'm at right now until I do a weight loss program. I can't move from where I'm at until I have all my ducks in a row, you know, with whatever else is going on. And this is an opportunity for you to peck off one of the anchors that Adam has talked about here today, right? Is to peck off the anchor and say, well, maybe if weight loss is one, that's one anchor for me, but you have many, many other anchors that you can get from this podcast as well. So Adam, thank you so much for bringing your wisdom to us. And, you know, I just wish you all the best in the world. And I know if you're listening, go over and watch it on YouTube, you know, my YouTube channel, and you can see all of the wonderful podcasts that he's had behind his picture here. That's like his backdrop of all the people that he's interviewed on his podcast. So, you know, take an opportunity to go over to his podcast, subscribe to his, and please write a nice review for us and give us a good rating and do the same for Adam as well if you love what he has had to say. So thank you, Adam, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. You're awesome. Uh, I know you're going to build a super strong community with this awesome show you've put together. And I'm just glad to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, well, we'll catch you next time and go out and make it a great week and put something in an app into action and ensure that you swing the axe. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.